For 14 years, Big Things on the Beach has delivered some fascinating, curious, often controversial artworks in Portobello. Artists such as Michael Pinsky, who created Stroke, an audiovisual work set in Portobello Baths, and Miles Thurlow, whose Black Swan was an installation of fruit machines, have brought life, colour and challenging ideas to Portobello. Well, now it is no more. Big Things came to a formal end on Monday evening. The trustees had found it was getting harder to find the money from Creative Scotland and other sources to commission new works of public art. But how did it all come about in the first place? Its founder and chairman was Damien Killeen. It was uh, two things, really. One was the atmosphere in the community at that time, back in 2003, when some old traditional rituals, gala days and so on, had all come to an end. People were wondering... What way is Portobello going to go in the future? And we were casting around for ideas. And the second was a trip that my wife and myself took to Barcelona when we walked down the Ramblas onto the beach and saw a large array of sculptures and said, look at all those big things on the beach. That phrase just seemed to resonate. And after that, began to talk to uh, friends and neighbours and people in the community about why can't we have big things on the beach like they do in Barcelona. <laughs> but what you have managed to do over the quite significant number of years, it's what, 14? Yes. Is create some really spectacular, genuinely big things on the beach. Part of what we wanted to achieve was to raise the aspirations of the community and to say that Portobello deserved to have something back for what it and its residents contribute to uh, the rates and taxes and so on and so forth, and that these uh, sources of funding, which were for economic development, regeneration and cultural development, might be something that we could also look at using to raise the profile of Portobello over a number of conversations and, I have to say, an amount of wine, we came up with the idea that we could, as a community, engage artists to create significant, temporary artworks that would excite the community and encourage people to think big. The important thing in that last answer you gave has to do with money because the artworks that you were commissioning, we're not talking a few hundred pounds here, are we? No, uh, a commission that we have made has been typically cost between fifteen and £20,000, and some of our projects that have involved several artists, so a number of events connected, have cost uh, significantly more than that. But this is to do with not, for example, wanting to exploit artists by assuming that they will just be very grateful for an opportunity to do anything and also to give us a choice of artists who have established careers and could demonstrate that they would be able to deliver something significant. And so the costs were in line with the engagement of any professional to do a proper job of work. And we were also looking for people who have the skills and experience to engage with the community as well as produce a good work of art. In fact, these two things run very close. Now, whenever you're managing such large of sums of money, it's important that you are not doing it alone. So you must have had a group of people around you, trustees of the charity, that sort of thing? This was never going to be a, a project that I myself would run personally and single-handedly. It was going to need a local organisation 
to that end, we brought people together and decided that the proper structure for us would be a charitable trust, and the charitable trust requires trustees. So we've had a body of trustees, up to 15 people at a time, working to access resources, but also to create ideas and to do things like imagine and then plan and develop and gain funding for the courses that we ran for people in the community to become involved in the commissioning process. Well, let's hear from a couple of those trustees just now. Two of the trustees are Dan Cairns and Stephen Hawkins. Dan, I'll start off with, with you, please. Something that's noticeable when you look at the timeline of big things on the beach, that there seems to be a real hive of activity a few years back. Is that uh, a right assessment? The timeline's a very visual depiction of our experience in big things on the beach. It starts off fairly slowly and it comes to a crescendo around 2009, 2010 with a lot of different work being commissioned and produced. After that, the funds dried up and also there was a change in philosophy. Creative Scotland changed from funding groups such as ours to commission public artworks to to funding artists to produce work. So they really weren't going to give funds to groups like ours anymore and there weren't really any other funds around. Stephen, if I can turn Mm -hmm. to you, just how frustrating was that? I think it took the legs from underneath us because we've been very successful in producing public art, in commissioning public art. But whilst you can get grants from the local authority for a couple of thousand for facilitating something, to actually produce something worthwhile would cost 30,000, 40,000 maybe. Dan, it seems that one of the really important things about big things is the way that the organisation took the community with it. This has not been something that's been imposed from outside. This is something that has been organically growing. Yes, that's correct. They may not have always liked them, but they were were there for everybody to view and appreciate or not like as they chose fit. But also things like the Public Art Commissioning course invited local people who didn't need to have any prior qualifications to come along and learn about public art and about how to commission public art and then a commissioning group was was built around that that then went on to actually commission work so they could see the effect of their learning in in practice out there in the community. Well, the person who was responsible for developing that was Caroline Muirhead and Caroline is with us now. I was brought in in 2006 to be the public art development officer so I was responsible for coordinate, well, planning and implementing two year-long public art commissioning courses for local residents to learn about public art. So how many people took part in that? 30 participants. That's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. So it was about 15 in each course. And what kind of things were you actually teaching them? Everything from just really showing the variety of different public arts. We were more focused on, well, we wanted to highlight temporary public art and beachfront public art but I had to show the diversity of public art, really. So lots of different artists came to speak, both, both local, national and international artists. We went on um, study tours to Berlin, Barcelona, Liverpool and Belfast. And then we went on different tours within uh, Edinburgh as well. But the key thing is that once they'd been through that, they yeah. started coming up with their own ideas, and that was presumably something really satisfying for you. 
they wrote the creative brief for the artist, yeah, and then they also shortlisted the artists and they put it out into the public realm and they interviewed the artist and, and finally selected the artist as well. And what we have seen over the years has been some really novel, interesting, mm-hmm. exciting, challenging pieces of, yeah. of art being brought here to Portobello. Absolutely, and I think it's an exciting site. I mean, the beachfront presents a whole host of different challenges. Wonder, which was our first commission by Hill, Jefferson and Robb, that was the pyramids. Three fantastic pyramids, a very ambitious piece. The group selected that artist and his socially engaged practice really worked well because people filled the sandbags to create the work. So, I mean, it was a fantastic piece. So, what, Was that your favourite or, or do you not want to actually identify? I think, no, I think that was definitely my favourite. That was our first commission, brought a lot of challenges and actually bringing it all together was just a fantastic and really enjoyed that process. One of those who took part is Helen Standen. Helen, what do you feel you got out of the course that Caroline ran? It opened me up to the possibilities of public art. Public art that could be site-specific and relevant to the local community and the local area. We learnt uh, more about the commissioning process and it was um, all aspects of it. Public safety aspect of it, um, the financial aspects of it, the responsibility of those who commissioned an art to choose something that was right for the area. There were many, many things that we learnt on this course. It was enlightening, I met interesting people and it was fun. So looking back, were there any particular pieces that big things on the beach commissioned that really stick in your memory? Two ones mainly, and that was the pyramids and also that wonderful one by Michael Pinsky at the Bass called Stroke. It was magic. In case anyone didn't actually see it, that was a sort of sonne lumiere. Yes, in the Bass, in, in the, the public Bass at night. And, and it was the way it was reflecting off the water and there were people in yes, the, yes, the water. Yes, in, in the pool. It had atmosphere. It was something that could only have been done in the Bass at Portobello. It was, it was something that was absolutely relevant to the life of the community. So are you, in so many respects, sorry to see the end of big things? Yes, I am. I'm very sorry to see it, but um, in these straitened times, there doesn't seem to be much money available for public art, and there seems to be a lack of interest in but this. There are, but there are 30 of you who went on that course who yes. might still be able to think out of the proverbial box, if I can put it that way. Uh-huh. I think we have to have to consider it, definitely. Returning to Damien Colleen, the last thing that Helen was concerned about there was the expertise that's been built up, the 30 people who went through that course. It's important that that knowledge doesn't simply evaporate into the ether. How hopeful are you that something will emerge from this? A significant number of people, our trustees, but also many other people in the community, have become sensitised to what the possibilities might be for the creative development of this particular space, the Edinburgh Waterfront Promenade. If the authorities get to the point that they begin to actually implement the various plans and strategies which they have, there will be readily in place a community of people who can engage at a serious level, to achieve some spectacular and long-lasting results. People are not going to have the opportunity just to go on to continue commissioning one work after another, unless some other project emerges. But 
I think we've laid the ground for this community to do something significant with this major public space. Okay, looking back at big things over the beach over the years, what were your, do you have any favourite moments from, from those 14 years? Well, that's a bit like asking somebody, you know, who is their favourite child. <laughs> Obviously, the, the artworks themselves have been very significant. And because I've been deeply involved in the development of, of each of them, I have some kind of affection for them, them all. There's been nothing that I've felt we should not have done. But the things that I remember most are the reactions of people who've just been engaging casually with the artworks. And I remember seeing a conversation develop on the prom one day between a man and a woman, which eventually, when I got to hear it, I heard the woman saying, I told you it was art. One of a group of girls coming out of the uh, swimming pool after the Michael Pinsky work, just saying, I never thought art could be like that. And I think that creating a situation where people are discussing the nature and the value of art in public is the thing that makes me feel most proud of what we've been able to achieve. Do you feel that what you've done is leave a legacy for the community of Portobello? At a formal level, we have left a document and all the work that goes with it, which uh, is a, a public art strategy for Portobello Promenade, and we're waiting for some enlightenment to occur in the, in the City Council, at which point you know, they just might take it up. Another kind of legacy is that some of the artworks have become iconic in the community and people who are making posters about something that's going to happen here will use the images, most commonly of the pyramids, to simply signify this is Portobello. That's a pleasure to see as well. Do you think that the very fact of big things on the beach also encourage people to do things like at the Porti Art Walk and the big busk on the beach and those things? Do you think it's helped those to be created? We don't lay claim to the success of every other initiative that's happened since we began. But I think in terms of aspiration and ambition, we set a, a kind of target that other people were quite scathing about when we began, but which is now taken more for, for granted. And I think the kind of ambition that is now represented by the work towards the acquisition of the Belfield Church for the larger community, for example is just one example of that. And the people who are implemental in, uh, in, in making that happen have said that it's through the events that we have organised, the Imagine Portobello events, which are visioning events for the wider community, that they have found the connections and the energy and the enthusiasm to go forward with that. So I feel that's a part of the, the legacy as well. When we first met to decide that we were going to do something, the group was rather reluctant. What we said was, well, really, what we would like to do is just live in a Portobello where exciting, interesting things happened and were organised by other people and that we could go out and enjoy them. Unfortunately, if that's going to happen, we have to do something. But I think maybe we're now arriving at that point where those of us who worked on big things on the beach can just have a little bit of a rest and we can enjoy the results of other people's community efforts. And I think that's a really good thing. Well, certainly a lot of us have really enjoyed the results of your endeavours over the past few years. Damien Colleen, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.